What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of Brotherhood Without Manners. I I lost my place, so we're gonna start. The Holy anyway. shit, dude! <laughs> you fucked me all. Yo, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate, and joining me as always today, my brother that's younger than me and less wise, and fucking interrupting all my intros, man. It took me three tries today. This guy's out. I didn't interrupt. Shit. Oh, you, you started laughing. You just couldn't handle yourself. What if I'm Zach? And we read A Song of Ice and Fire here, and we are currently on A Clash of Kings. Yeah. And we'd like to talk about it. We are full spoilers, so if you've never listened to us, go away now. Avert your gaze and ears. Gaze doesn't work. Yeah, because we Don't really... avert your gaze if you listen to podcasts while you're driving. That's yes. probably not good <laughs> not, advice. Not a good idea. Shit, sorry. Sorry. But, you know. But, yeah, we spoil shit, so if you don't want A Song of Ice and Fire spoiled for you up to A Clash of Kings, go away. But uh, come back once you do read, because we like listeners. But if you have been here before, thanks for coming back. So last Appreciate time, it. last episode, we heard... Apparently, you're right. I just can't keep my shit together today. Last episode, we were reading Daenerys's first point of view chapter for Clash of Kings. Yeah. And so we got to see her struggling her way through the... Struggling. The, <laughs> through the desert and ending up in the City of Bones. What they named, well, they named it the City of Bones. It is not officially no, the that's City what of Bones. She Some forgotten it, yeah. Monument of a city mm-hmm. that, yeah, it ended up being their salvation there where they were able to find some clean water, some decent food to live off of. They started fortifying it. Nate and I had guesstimated that she had been there approximately a couple months, seeming by the descriptions and passage and of her waiting for her outriders. And finally, it was Vicaro, yeah, who she thought was lost and uh, came back last. Yes. And Vicaro had with him three queerly dressed folk. Jogo. Wait, no. Yeah, it was Jogo. It was Jogo. 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 It is known. It is known. Yes. Jogo returned with three queerly dressed folk who introduced themselves as Pyat, Pyat Pri, Zorozo, and Doxus, and Quaith, and they were seeking dragons. And so Danny got introduced to the folks yeah. of Koth. But this episode, we are reading Johnny Boy, John 2. So I really like the contrast immediately mm-hmm. with John and Danny. We go from the arid, burning, burning gross desert. desert to. The brutal, frigid, arid, cold, and we, yeah, jumping right into it. So, well, last time with John. Oh, last time with John, not jumping right in. Don't jump right in. Don't jump right in. It's cold up there. You need to brace yourself. You have to to ease Ease yourself into into this for this one. So, last time, I don't even remember what happened last time. They Uh, were preparing to leave, or they had already left? No, they were preparing to leave. Yeah, okay, sorry. It's been a while since we (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it was essentially sort of the recap of... I started a new notebook since the last time. John had found Samwell Tarly going over the maps, and how old they were, and Sam really just wanted to stay and enjoy sorting the library because there was a ton of knowledge that he thought there could be found yeah, out trying there. to talk his way out of having to go north of the wall and then John had a chat with the uh, Mormon with Mormon and uh, basically about the who Mace Raymond was and the comparison between him and him and Amon right. and and how 
we learned quite a bit about Eamon, about how Eamon had a king for a brother as well, and he don't want to hear none of John's bullshittery no. yep, yep. north of the wall. So, you know, what are you going to do about it? And John said, he'll be angsty, but he'll serve, essentially. I'm going to do my duty. I don't want to. I don't want it. But I'll do it. And so it's nice, actually, because this chapter is a bit refreshing on the... Short and sweet. It's, uh, it doesn't give him time to bitch about anything, really. Yeah. Not, not a whole lot. So we open up, and they're, they're inside this little village known as White Tree. And I use the term village very loosely, as it's four small houses... Ruined. In ruins, with nothing else besides this dark red canopy... From the giant werewood in the town. The monstrous great werewood. The biggest tree Jon Snow had ever seen. Uh, the trunk of it was near eight feet wide, the branches spreading so wide as to cover the entire village with its canopy. So yeah, it is massive and sweet. Yeah. My- my my mental image of it is just really really cool. This. Great, because I'm gonna come right back to that here in a second. Because the next thing we learn is that instead of the normal just slash of a mouth, this thing has a giant hollow in place of that, large enough that a sheep could fit inside. But those weren't sheep bones inside. Negative. And um, because they're gonna start you know toying around inside of that, getting the skull out for Mormont and shit like that, and yeah. so. The, the thing I want to image and imagine instead is this nasty fucking gaping hollow of a tree with a fucking fire inside of that mouth. Mm. Just burning. Like, the image of that, casting that red with, like, this dark canopy and, like, the way it would just look. How so, fucking scary that is. Yeah, I was kind of confused when reading this because at first with the skull, I was like, oh, the skull. Well, like, we know that the... First men used to sacrifice pretty brutally. They would string up people's entrails in the trees to sacrifice to the old gods and such and such. And so, like, oh, it's a sacrifice. There's skulls. There's dead people. There were probably sacrifices. But the fact that there was fire in the tree seems odd to me because I don't feel like that. That feels more like desecration than it does sacrificial. I was because well, I was a little surprised about the fire as well. Like, why is someone? What if it the, catches what, the tree That's on what fire. I mean. Is maybe it's because it's the, so old and, and like stone John, fossilized. When John does look in, he notices all the red sap. As yeah, the the sort of crystallized sap that's in there, making it look blood red. But it does but, seem like a risk. I agree. Yeah, I def- and that's why I think that. It looks when I was picturing that the fire in the dark, like because I'm not picturing it during the day, just this night scene where these red leaved white branch and this huge hollow of a mouth burning, just the light that's being cast, the way it's dancing, kind of reminded me of the tent with Drogo. Mm. Just these weird shadows being cast, but fuck, it's imposing. Just that burning, flaming. Yeah, because all I can think of is. If it's the wildlings, like if the if it's the wildlings setting the fires, worshiping the old gods, like so, this is essentially their their crematorium, their, right? Their, their, like for that, but does that mean that they're aware that this tree can't be burned? And then what does that what does signify? That it's like are these trees immune to fire? Is that because that's a Targaryen tree? Right. As we, right. So it's it's interesting. What the fuck? It does. 
What's why are they here? lighting fires in the in this in this jagged hole? Is it not enough to to place the bodies inside a, there? Is it or well? Because they, I mean, they do need to burn them. Is the thing they but they like, burn the dead? Yeah, but burning but them in the tree seems you know, intense. And, and then like yeah, just that risk of burning the tree down. So it's strange. I don't. I'm not sure what to think of that. But Mormont calls it an old tree, and his Raven agrees, taking up the old old. And John just says, and powerful. He could feel the power coming from it like so i mean that's the fucking line john could feel the power like right it's not hinted at it's not alluded to it's not i think i might feel some connection with my father john john could feel the power emanating now that could be very emotional reverence in his father's god and all that but I, I don't know. It's just so direct With and the, so immense. Because we learn in a little bit that they found nothing this whole ranging, only abandoned wildling villages. So painting it in that context of this ghost town, this village that is seemingly the way they're cleared out, it's as if no one ever lived there. Yeah. Now, and, he also mentions this is the largest tree he has ever seen, ever. And, you know, granted, he doesn't live in the forests of fucking here or there. He's... He lived right outside the fucking forest of Winterfell, and he's now been on this ranging up north of the wall. This tree's fucking massive. Eight feet, like, in, I don't know if it said around or I think across, but yeah, just uh, huge. Eight feet wide, yeah, huge. at the trunk, yeah. I, I've been doing this fun thing when I'm reading is to try to picture Gross. what other people, other characters would think when seeing it. And I put myself in the point of view of Arya seeing this tree and what she would think. Oh, yes, that's right. And Arya's comparison, I, I think if Arya was to come to this scene as Jon Snow has, she would think the tree ate them. That would be her, or like her visual representation of what's happening here. Like it's as if this monstrous tree ate them. And that's the feeling that I feel like is subtly trying to be him is that they were consumed by this yeah, this mouth, yeah, this yeah. gate, because it's just empty. Well, because you said earlier sacrifice, and that's it. Like, it's there to take these souls, to take these fucking... Like, it's a portal of yeah, some sort right, to right. the underworld. Yeah, and it's, or has it's a direct, intense. It, now, see, then I feel like it's going to be like uh, the flu network, and they're going to just step in, use <laughs> flu powder, and just, Winterfell. boom, Isle of Faces. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. So it's at this point that our old friend Thorn Smallwood steps up and says, Ugh, fuck, that face is fucking creepy. It's small wonder that men feared them when they first came to Westeros. I have half a mind to take an axe to it myself. Which, like... Fucking ballsy, dude. Yeah, dude, that's right to say under the it, like, like right there yeah. while you're shaded under the canopy in this ghost town. Like clearly, he's now, not picking the up. The small woods are uh, southern family, cunts? southern house uh, would make sense. Because uh, yeah, basically everywhere he's in is he's acting like a cunt. Yeah, which is probably why I mean, he's he in was the vanguard. One but... of uh, one of Alistair Thorne's little fucking groupies, or yeah, 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 minions, as John had noted. So yeah, of course he's just being a fucking cunt and not gonna. Pay the re- but I also think it's painting that not everyone is feeling the power that John is feeling, right. and that's why Mormont, it makes me Raven. feel like it's not necessarily a an actual power emanating from it. It's more their feelings towards that 
and how it's when he says it's powerful because it's impacting him. We get a little more of that next because John says that his father believed that no man could tell a lie in front of a heart tree, and the old gods knew when the when men were lying. And so, yeah, I think that's sort of pointing more toward the reverence of yeah, his father's yeah. god, but still an imposing scene. And Mormont agrees, saying his father believed the same, but he'll take a uh, closer look at that skull there, John. Johnny boy, Johnny boy. fetches. And we get the long claw recap of why John has it and how it's on his sword. And a bastard sword for a bastard boy. Yeah. But yeah, whatever. And And he reaches the tree, and he reached a glove hand down into the maw. And inside the hollow See, was red. Maw, the maw, yeah. the mouth, like just mm-hmm. the way that it's. Mm. Inside the hollow was red with dried sap and blackened by fire. And under the first skull, he finds another, smaller, the jaw broken off and half buried in ash. And so he brings it to Mormont, and the old bear stares into its empty eyes like. What the fuck is To be fuck? or not to be. With the imagery in this of just this, yeah, this old... Oh, I bumped the mic. Motherfucker. This old, old grizzled bear sitting on his fucking horse just staring down this skull of a, a wildling, we can presume, and just saying that uh, wildlings burn their dead. We've always known that. Now I wish I asked them why when there was still a few around to ask. Yeah, which is... I want to say naive, but is it on Mormont's part? No, when, I mean... Because John is like, I mean, because after thinking about that white, I kind of think I know why they do that. Like, Well, I and I don't think Mormont is saying, like, I would just ask them why they burn their dead. Like, he would say, like, is it... Are you burning your dead because, like, they're coming back actively? Or are you burning your dead because you've known about that this can happen and you're, like... Mormont saw Othor yeah, he, too. It's more he He's wants not, to hear the what the, else the can we learn yeah, from you. Not, like, yeah, that's shit. what he's saying. Is like I wish yeah. I I fucking knew what these wildlings knew north of the wall. They've been burning their dead long before we fucking right. learned of it. So what, what else, else do they do know? They, and why did they do it? Is that why they do it, or are they? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, so John thinks of Othor rising, and when he saved Mormont and his blue eyes, and he knew why they burned their dead. He was certain, but. Mormont goes on saying, would that Bones could talk, this fellow could tell us much, how he died, who burned him and why, where the wildlings have gone. The children of the forest could speak to the dead, it was said, but I cannot. And he just tosses the skull back into the tree, which fucking baller, like, atop a horse, three-pointer, just, ah, little dust pops up, like... I mean, I think he was right next to it and just kind of tossed it. Nah, in. But he sure, you want to say he's making a twenty-foot shot? It no looking say, over his shoulder, hook shot. It doesn't say that he rode closer. It said that John got it and brought it to That's him. That's because and he doesn't he want fucking, to dismount. He's balling. It's because he doesn't want to dismount. Nah, he wasn't far from it. But all right, MVP. Okay. And like John was sitting there playing goalie, trying yeah. to block that shit. Went right between his arms. But you. he orders them to begin searching the houses and bring down the hounds, though he's not really hopeful at them picking up any sign of any wildlings anywhere. Yeah. And so it was two men to a house so that nothing was missed. And John was paired up with Mr. Dolorous Eddard Edith. Edison. Edison Tollett. <laughs> Edith, and there's so many fucking Eddies. What a name, Edith, man. Edith. Edison Tollett, a squire that the brothers had taken to calling Dolores Ed 
who says that it was bad enough when the dead come walking. Now the old bear wants them talking. No good will come of that. Who's to say the bones won't lie? Why should death make a man truthful or more clever? Yeah, I really like that line. The dead are likely dull and full of tedious complaints, which, like, fucking yeah. half. Well, like, yeah, because then he goes into, you know, my grave's too small. He gets more. Worn. Like, and I actually had this quote from my, I had a, a little calendar for each day that had a quote from the series on it, and I had that one in particular pinned to my fucking board at work for a long time. Just because, you know, I really like, really like that quote because it makes me laugh that night, you know, work where I do. So that helps. But I, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, John enters the house that they're fucking ordered to search, finding only hard packed dirt and no furnishings and no sign of anyone having been here for a while. And Ed mentions growing up in a house very similar to this. And begins eyeing a nest of dry straw bedding, saying that he would give all the gold at Casterly Rock to sleep in a bed again. And John judges the shit out of him. Yeah, I, this is where I was like, wow, what a fucking Check snooty your son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, you call that a bed? And he's like, I call anything that's off the floor and under a roof a bed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck you, man. So they find nothing in the rest of the house, and this is where we learn that this was the fourth village with the same, finding nothing in it. No signs of the villages being attacked, just emptied. And John wonders what the fuck could have happened to him. Not really, like, I mean, is it such a far-fetched idea for them to be like, yeah, maybe they're fleeing from something. But, like, I don't know. It's just an odd... I think, yeah, they're so, they're very confused about the fact that, you know, I mean, granted... It's been, what, thousands of years, and they've always fought against them, but not until recently do they decide, oh, fuck this, we're going to dip out. But, yeah, if they're under the, for the first time ever, they're all uniting under Mance Raider, maybe he, it is. And there's it, been rumors of Mance around. We got them in Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, so, it's an interesting that they're also baffled I think it's it. because of the, the whites, they're on edge, and... Looking to fucking, I don't know. It's but Ed answers crazy. John saying that some, something worse than we can imagine, probably. Well, I might be able to imagine it, but I'd rather not. I would rather think happier thoughts instead of mm -hmm. going to my death thinking shitty death thoughts. And so outside, Chet had come up with the dogs sniffing around. And when he sees John, his eyes narrow because Chet is very upset still. Because mm, he got his job taken because mm. John gave it to Sam, basically. And, yeah, the other houses reveal nothing. And Yeah, Mormon kind of asks by yelling, Gone! Huh? And then his raven starts repeating after him in typical white dickhead raven mode the gone 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 yeah. fucker thorin smallwood says mentions that there were wildlings at white tree only a year past and this is when john notes that he looks much more a lord than lord mormont does because he is clad currently in sir Jer jeremy rykar's armor black mail and embossed breastplate and this uh jeremy rykar was the one that was killed by the white yeah who yeah was trying to defend Mormont, and so, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the the watch doesn't waste, Yeah, and, but... and that's, they make it the, the watches, but for him to be the one to get this nice, nice armor. And he's a fuck. Um, but, yeah, I think it's Mormont mentions, you know, 
A lot can fucking change in a year, yo. Like yeah. Robert Baratheon was king a year ago. The war was still uh, the war was still at peace, is what I was gonna say. But the realm was still at peace because Jarman Buckwell says that. That's it. Yeah, a yeah. year ago, Robert was king, and the realm had peace. Much can change in a year. This is uh, he's also the commander of the scouts, which yeah, I thought was yeah. it. And I think his name is funny to me because I just it just feels so manly and aggressive, like. Because to me, I, I just can't help but when I look at it, I see it and break it down as like Jarhead and like Buckshot for some reason. Jarman, like Buckshot. yeah, and like so Jarman. it's like very military yeah, very... sounding to me, and so it's just for some reason I just picture this dude roided out. But that's crazy. Malador Locks said, uh, thinks that a few wildlings is fewer worries. Hakuna Matata, bitches. Like, oh, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> let's light this doom and not give a shit because he calls them raiders and murderers, all of them. So we get his idea on the wildlings Yeah, yeah, he's not going to be happy when they come to the, the new gift. But anyway, John sees some, some, oh, God, there's something in the bushes, Shaggy. What are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, no shit. And the little tiny guy, Giant, as he's nicknamed, uh-huh. comes walking out. Basically, it's their version of Tiny, yeah. the big giant guy in jail um because you know the night's watch is jail he's giant he's like five foot and he climbs a lot so he's basically a part of the scouts i imagine yeah. i don't know where but his name is bedwick um, but for some reason this douchebag can't use his legs to walk up and approach people like normal so he jumps limb to limb and then drops down uh shout or shouts down to them saying that there's water to the north might be a lake hills to the west not very high but nothing much else to see and like I don't I don't like Bedwick I just don't like him. Yeah, I was like, um, he's not cool. Giant, he's not no. cool. Like fucking, you're not a cool dude. Uh, Agway, Ag Agai, Ag Angoy, Angai, Angai in Ang- the Brotherhood. Angui. Wow, listen to fucking the us. Archer, the Archer. Yes. <laughs> Mormont wants to push on to reach the lake before camp, thinking that maybe they can catch some fish or whatever. But first, yeah. he needs to write Taman. I must right. write Damon. And in order to write a letter, first we must convene our small council. And so we will be right back with you guys as soon as we get that taken care of. Bam. This is the small council. What up? We're just here to let you guys know where you can reach us. Uh, we did get an inductee for our previous episode, so we're going to shout that out. But first, we'll get our socials. If you want to write into us, send us your inductees. Uh, you can reach us many, many different ways. Yeah, so you're rushing, racing right along. We, If you would like to write in inductees, like the person that we re- had received one from this chapter, as well as the, the chapter that you're actually listening to, then you can reach us via email is the best way, without manners brotherhood at gmail.com. Zach is on Twitter. Carstark92. And I'm on Twitter at Manners Without, which is also the Instagram. We have our Facebook, Facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. You can reach us probably other places as Patreon. well. Patreon. Right? Patreon has a, a community board there. That's patreon.com slash without manners. Stop that. Zach's doing some weird stuff over here with his face and I don't like it sorry (laughs) anyway so also leave us rates and reviews and all sorts of stuff like that we've got this new rate place that supposedly we can get it's called rate this podcast ratethispodcast.com slash brotherhood go check that. that out and leave us a 
a review over there because that's that's Hopefully also helpful. a good one. I don't know if it's stars or uh, what, but... it, a good one is preferred, yeah. but you know, not required. We mm-hmm. don't give a fuck if you're gonna if you really don't like us. You've listened this long and you don't like us, like. More power to I you. I mean, man. yeah, I guess you've earned that bad. Well, like, we've earned that bad review. Yeah, but take, do, do it. What you so, do. the inductee from last chapter that we did not get a chance to read because he read it a little bit late is from our favorite French fry listener, Julian. And he starts with Bonjour les amis. Uh, we don't speak other languages, so. Hey, what's up, Julian? Where Just kidding. Uh, we do know. Well, a little you bit. do. I failed every attempt. Failed of ev- every life class. ever. Well, of mean, everything. Uh, yeah, I failed every attempt at the end of sentence, period. Or just foreign language classes, but that's okay. Hadn't read in a while, and I thoroughly enjoyed getting back in it. Danny 1 was a nice chapter for me because I really discovered new stuff that doesn't appear in the TV show. The death of Doria was a moving moment, and I respect Danny for treating her kindly until her end. Then, I liked learning more about Jorah's past and why he had to earn money for his wife. Now I know. The more you know. Do, do, do. And hey, once again, the things we do for love. I sympathize with him, even though he kind of cr- got creepy with Danny there. At least she read right through it and knows what to expect. And finally, I get to meet that a shy character about which I have heard so much without knowing anything really from my own watching and reading. Now I can't wait to find out how she's linked with Karth and how her role is going to be more important than the useless apparition almost in the you TV show. You didn't even show. need to add the almost. It was completely useless for them to introduce Quaith in the show. You're kind of right about that. Yeah. They did nothing with it, and she was pretty. she's still pretty significant in Danny's story. So, Yeah, and so his inductee is going to be his favorite black beast, Balerion. He sincerely can't wait to see how he's going to be rendered in the series House of the Dragon, the new, the new prequel show that's going to be fucking sick, hopefully. Kudos to Drogon for being called out Balerion Reborn. That's a pretty nice compliment. Good day to you both. Valar Rip Doriarius. Very good. Get shit on. And uh, we're not mad. Don't worry, Julian. I mean, I'm. that's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry, but... <laughs> Yeah. You're a cunt, though, and nobody likes you, Zach. So, if you would like to write in inductees, you've got our socials, you've got our email, hit us up, and we will read them out. You can also look for the current chapters inductees at the end of every episode. You can do something like that. So, let us know what you think. We'll catch you on the uh, next small council. Well, technically, we'll catch you right here in about three seconds when we get back to the episode, but... We're doing that now. Bye. Writes the letter at White Tree, Fourth Village, all empty, wildlings are gone. And he tells Don to see Sam send this off. And John does. John mounts, wheels his horse about, and goes beyond the canopy of the Werewood Tree, where the rest of the men of the Night's Watch, the nobodies, the red shirts, all mounted <laughs> and were getting ready uh, for the command to ride out. Yeah, and we kind of get a, a bit of a, an explanation of how the Night's Watch is currently moving as they move around, move out. Um, Jarman Blackwell's... Buckwell. Uh, bu- is it Buckwell? Yeah, it's Jarhead Buckwell. Oh, right. Boom, okay. motherfucker. Uh, I wrote Blackwell, so I really hope that I... Uh, 
I'm going to double check. You keep going on yeah, with the so positioning. Jarman, he, he has the scouts with uh, right behind him as the vanguard under Thorne Smallwood's yeah. leadership, as we had mentioned, leading the column proper. And then fa- comes Old Bear Mormont with the main force, followed by the baggage train, which is being... Uh, Jarman Buckwell. Okay, all right. Get off Suck my back. It. Jeez Louise. Um... The baggage train is led by Sir Malador Locke, and then that's finally followed by the rear guard commanded by Sir Othar Willers. Yeah, about 200 men all told, half again as many horses. So they traveled by day, camped by night, which again I think is a fun switcheroo on the Danny, where Danny is traveling by night, camping by day. And at night they gazed up at the comet and... John begins, uh, not begins to think. But so, thinks. and that's it. That's another thing. Um, they both are just groups of 200 or less people mm-hmm. moving through these extreme harsh conditions. conditions. Um, and like you said, with that little that little twist on like the day night tra- traversal, um, and then but still both looking at the same fucking comic. yeah. And John thinks that they had all left in good spirits the night's wa- night's watch, jo- joking and jesting, but. The brooding silence of the woods seemed to have sobered, sombered most of them all. Uh, the jests had grown fewer and tempers had grown shorter, and John could feel the unease around the campsites at night. The haunted forest had never seemed more haunted. Even the veteran rangers had agreed as much. Yeah, that's really pretty important i think because we if you remember way the fuck back to the prologue of game of thrones when we were out there with garrett cold hands yeah before he was cold hands he he was the <laughs> he was the veteran out there and so like we, when we were talking about him during that episode even i think we were mentioning this is the guy with the fucking expertise mm. like this is the dude to listen to what are you thinking those and then even when they were out, uh, whichever guy it was that was with them, I always forget which one. Fuck, maybe it was Dywin, but he was out when they discovered the hand when yeah. they were saying their vows in front of the Weirwood north of the wall, and they just that you look up to and you listen to these fucking guys. Even they're all like, "Dude, there's something fucking weird happening yeah, here, man. Yeah. Something's peaking, man. <laughs> like there's no. some weird shit." Yeah. The haunted forest had never seemed more haunted. It's just, I'm fucking ominous. Thanks. Cool. But John begins to think of his little sister as he pulls off his glove to air out his burned hand, and it makes him sad to think that he would never again get to muss up her hair or call her little sister. And he begins flexing his hand, thinking about the exercises that... Eamon. Eamon gave him to make mm-hmm. him an expert LED glover. So <laughs> get down at the fucking raves. Whoop, 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 whoop. No, he thinks That's that stuff. every man needed his sword hand beyond the wall, and so he's he's trying to stay on top of it as much as he can so that he can regain his swordsman skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that fucking... Uh, is it Gail Weathers there from fucking Family Guy that you sounded like with ending her report? I don't know. Patricia Takanawa. Oh, ending that that ending. (laughs) Just to hone his swordsman skills. (laughs) John found Sam with the other stewards. (laughs) They were tending the horses. He was tending his two that he's got to carry for specifically. Um, 
each had a large cage of ravens because, as we know, Sam is the keeper of keys and ravens at Hogwarts. And so... But he he basically gets the rundown from John that White Tree's empty and John informs him they're kind of moving on, which upsets him because he was hoping to be able to chill in the village and rest there with a roof over his head. And John shoots that down. He's like, dude, there's like four huts and we'd all be bro-hugging all night if we tried to put more than two guys in there at a time. Mm. And if there's only two guys in there at a time, then why not take you know use of the facilities and utilize that time alone? I'm what <laughs> you're, the fuck? you're not cutting me off, man. Just what the fuck? Dude? I guess we're doing fan fiction here. No, we but... are not. That's we never will. Terrible news. Just kidding. So John mentioned is. <laughs> Mormont's letter, and Sam grabs a bird, attaches it, and says that he wishes the raven could carry him back to the wall because shit's tense. But then John, he thinks... Tries not, to make it angry. Not truly, though. Like Still? And, and Sam mentions that, no, he's not as scared as he once was when they first rode out. He's sore for damn sure, but Well, he explains afraid. that it's not because he's scared anymore. He's just tired of being out on the fuck. He's just a fat guy that just wants to lay in his bed and read his and books in the he library. And that he's like, been working a lot on his maps, and I think that's helping giving him a distraction. Yeah, is, yeah. And the birds are his distraction. And John thinks, the world is strange. 200 brave men had left the wall, and the only one not growing more fearful was Sam, the self-confessed coward. And they actually begin to jest of... Sam becoming a ranger, and Sam's like, don't you fucking don't dare tell Mormont. Yeah, I think it's fun, uh, funny, because he, he really is just very science-based, and so because he he's not really following or biting into the the haunted bullshit, he's more worried about wildlings coming down on him, because yeah. they're a real threat as so far as he knows. the fact that there's none around is yeah, like, Yeah, cool, he's like, great. Right. And so I think it's a bit of a false confidence Oh, yeah, in definitely. But, but I think it also at the same the, time, the mention of his maps is like there's a scientific reason for him. He well, so that's where I was going to go with mapping it is, more because it makes learning. me almost seem like these two. It's very especially because John was just over there feeling the power emanating from the tree. It's just a man of faith and a man of science. Yeah. Nice yeah. lost Thanks. thing. That's that's where I was going, but you you were just. <laughs> You're just yeah, man, me. you need validation. I need val- validate my claims. And so man. Sam says, uh, yeah, he, that he hopes to stay in White Tree. John says, nah, there's not enough roofs. They're going to be staying by the lake. And he rides off, uh, swinging wide around the village and the main bulk of the men to avoid. Well, ghost appears. Well, yeah, when he swings around the, the, the thing. And as he's looping around wide, that's when Oh, it wasn't suddenly... when... I'm, I must have skipped over a sentence because I thought it was when he was with Sam still. Oh, no, yeah. He rides yeah, off why. and he swings wide around the village hoping to avoid the congestion of the Night's Watch passing through. Yeah, because he's been out hunting as far away as he can because um, he's having trouble finding food, too. It's mm. not just uh, the Night's Watch when finding game. Which is interesting. So it's not only the people that are fleeing, but it's the animals. So that's when we learn here that it's not just so that's what the wildlings uh, gathering. That's that subtle. You don't really think of it yeah, that way. You but think it's of, unsettling. Oh, they don't have food or game. Why? Yeah. Because the animals are fleeing as well. Yeah. There isn't it's unsettling. Any, that's it, why it adds to this. Emptiness. And so I think that's where you've got to recall, like when they're camping at night. 
There's not owls hooting. Mm-hmm. There's not howling wolves. Well, There's that's not it. Cra- Even like, at White Tree, when they were there, were no twitterings of the birds right. around. It's just it was silence. silence. Yeah. The only noises are the ones they are making, and that's fucking that's yeah, yeah. You're unsettling. Un- you're that's disturbing it. something. That yeah. You're breaking yeah. the silence. Yeah. And. He catches up to Mormont. Or no, because he thinks about sitting around the campfire with Dywin, who was. Who told him yeah, yeah, about yeah, the lack about of game the lack and of game. everything. But. but yeah, he John Ghost follows John right up back to Mormont, who asks if the bird was sent, and John says, "Yeah, Sam's oh, and, teaching them to talk." Yeah, because Sam taught a couple to the, say the, snow. Uh, yeah, and John was pissed about that. Like, great, thanks. Like, I don't have a no- one annoying bird saying my name's not enough. You know what, John? Get others. the fuck over it. You don't have a monopoly on the word snow. Okay, yeah, right. You maybe bastard. they did, maybe Sam. Sam's just doing snow a good work a nice over thing. there. <laughs> And so Mormont snorts and says, well, Tarly will regret that. They make a whole lot of noise but never say anything worth hearing. And they ride in silence for a while until John slips out this little... Blurts out. Because I think he's... I mean, he's basically, as they're riding, he's thinking about it, that Uncle Benjamin, if he were to find these wildling villages empty... He would have done exactly what we're doing. But he gets cut off. Well, like, it's an interesting... Like, kind of a writing style here. What Martin is doing, where John begins the thought and Mormont finishes it. Right. So he, John, is thinking like a, like commander, a commander would. Yeah. And so yeah, John starts the. If my uncle found these villages empty as well, Mormont finishes. He would make it his purpose to learn why. And it may be someone or something did not want that known. So, yeah, Mormont and John yeah, were both it's basically riding in silence. Martin showing this evolution Mormont of John. Mormont with his like, raven, right. John with his wolf, wolf. And then at the same time, they kind of both voice The this, opinion that they've been yeah. thinking about. And so, yeah, I like that. It, it does do that evolution where it flips. John starts it, and he finishes it to show that. There's a reason Mormont picked John to be leading this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's something very to similar. this. Yeah. And Mormont goes on to say, we'll be 300 strong when Corrin joins us. Whatever men- enemy waits for us out here will not find us so easy to deal with. We will find them, John, I promise you. Or they will find us. <laughs> Why did you squeak? I don't know. My throat caught on something, but... Yeah, John thinks... Fucking of course, because everyone's gotta dun, dun, dun. have the last word. But no, I mean that's that's pretty much it. That's the fear that is right. permeating this chapter. Is what is it that's causing these things to flee? Is it? I mean, the wildlings. We can assume question mark question mark that they could be going to Mance Raider to form up this army, which isn't unlikely. That that's the re- but isn't the reason he's forming this army to unite and see. I survive? and I only and I would only say that because I don't think the dead are this close to the right, wall. Right, and yet. that's where I was gonna go with my next point. Was not that because uh, it still doesn't. I mean, that there's been some pretty. Yeah, pretty not close. not that there's like a fucking you know a wave of undead coming down because that's not what we have been dealing with at all. We get yeah, right. smart, trained little almost battle groups, but. Um, yeah, no, I just I feel like they're still a little too close to the wall. So I think that this is 
reactionary to the White Walkers and the Whites, but I think it's more because there's a fucking weirwood tree here. And because there's a place for them to go that they're leaving. Yeah. The Wildlings. And so I think, yeah, the Wildlings had had an aimed course of where they wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So whether or not that was White-related, I I think it leans more toward them actually joining up with Mance, but... God damn, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, that was a fun chapter. Yeah. It was really interesting to see. It was this, like I said, it was a fast chapter. And so John didn't get a chance to be angsty in Truth. it. And then I, uh, I liked Sam's kind of mirroring of that as well, of himself, you know, showing this other side. So who's your inductee? Uh, Mormont. Mormont? Yeah. Jorah? No. Well, then there, clarify, he's bitch. He's a fucking baller ass bitch with that skull. That's true. Like I'm, I'm calling it, yo. That was a fucking across the goddamn village, just baller, <laughs> and he fucking sunk it. You're a fuck, Mormon. Yeah, okay. Was sinking that fucking bucket. Jesus. You got okay. one? Yeah, I'm going with Dolorous Ed. Oh, yeah. Because I'm so second. over Jor Mormon's bullshit. What the fuck? Skulls talking and fucking people fucking bitching. And then he ballers it and in. Dolores Ed couldn't And that's what he's do doing. Jor Mormon's walking around like, you see that fucking sweet swish straight through there? Didn't fucking rim shot nothing in. And it's like, dude, like. John had to go pick it up and throw it in there. You missed. Like, he had to, you, nah. like, shut up. That's from John's point of view. John no, I, uh, I really like that Ed keeps it fucking real. Yeah, no, Ed so. is, he adds a lot of good humor to John chapters, especially yeah. going forward, but yeah. the introduction to him is great. Yeah, it's so good. Like, why the, the fuck do you want the dead to talk, too? They're walking now. And who's like, going to say they're going to tell you the truth? That which they're is gonna such know a valid it. point. So that's something like, I actually know why, that why, I wanted yeah, to Why do we assume the mantle of death? makes people kinder or more truthful right? or any less vindictive or spiteful or selfish. Well, that's it. You raise a wildling to start talking, the, the dead wildling talking to the knights. Fuck you, yeah, bro. Like, Fuck you. Suck I'm my cock, gonna, motherfucker. I'm not going like, to fucking tell yeah. you shit, tell you where my brothers and sisters and children. Like, fuck you. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, I think Ed has a it's it's this he has a right and that's such a a fantasy show like you know like oh like the dead you know speak to the dead they'll tell you what occurred here what happened but I think it's a more realistic of like no probably you'll just get some whiny fucking bag of bones screeching at you about some stupid shit that's not relevant to anything and so Mormont is sort of grandulizing I think the situation here where no absolutely it's that. Ooh, like you know, the dead are rising. So like, you if know, only if we, we could, could talk to yeah, this one if, and find out. Yeah. It's more if we could find out what happened to this. Yeah, and less actually. And I like that it, Ed but... is there to point that out. Yeah, like, yeah. He's so he's we did get an inductee for this episode yeah. from our friend Julian, and he says, "Good evening, fine gentlemen," which is actually a great header because it's quite late as we're recording this one. And he says, "Nice chapter, though short." And it might be the first where the teenage anxiety doesn't blow up in the reader's face. Good for John. Some north of the wall wisdom and mystery. I dig that. The intriguing crow. I like that too. But mostly, I've enjoyed Sam's lines, and that's why I'm inducting him into the Brotherhood. It's ironic that Samwell is the only one growing less frightened during that trip. It's probably because he's starting from such a high level of cowardice, which is a good point. He's already at expert yeah, level. Yeah, I mean, you can't just, get any more fucking... Yo, I'm, I'm already... I, here's the secret. I'm always scared. Didn't you do your always angry shit earlier? And because I, uh, he might be a bit more naive at the moment. That will change. 
Moreover, I thoroughly enjoy crows as animals. They're smart, kind of creepy, but still majestic as well. Teaching them to talk, to be more like my favorite burb from the books. Hell yes, Tarly, keep going. And get ridiculously brave. You're meant to be awesome. Can't wait to hear some deeper meaning to that chapter. Good night, guys. Valor Croarius. Well, thank you, one, for your inductee, Julian. Uh, Sam is killing it north of the wall, <laughs> doing much better <laughs> than I think it. anyone would expect. Drop my stuff. Uh, good night to you as well. I actually don't know the time difference, but it is night yeah, here. Yeah, it's very so, late like, here. So. Good call on that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for writing in. And that so was... you could do the same. That was the John 2. John 2. John 2. John that's two, it. man. We're hitting uh, next chapter is going to be Aria 4. And so that's we're double chapters for her yeah. already. And it's going to be a sweet one. So some shit goes down. You got some inductees. Send them on in for Aria 4 or whoever comes after Aria. Aria is going to be Tyrion 3, I believe. Ooh. Yeah. So we, we're going to be getting right into this shit. We're here. in it now, guys. So like, yeah. this is it. Keep sending in inductees. Keep letting us know your thoughts. Keep leaving those rates and reviews. And we will catch you on the next episode. Valor Dorharius. Peace. Peace.